taking names and kicking butts. This is Head Kicks and Haymakers. Whoa, man, that was a weird intro, folks. Welcome back. Good morning, fight fans. I am the dude, Bodkins, back from the COVID. That's right. Just like Nate the Train said last week, mama ain't raised no. I'm joined this morning, as always, uh, with uh, Kay with the Craig, my main man, Craig, and Mr. Smoking Amigo, Kenneth Miller. Morning, boys. I'm back. I'm uh, about 90% healthy. I'm ready for this uh, fight on UFC 278. I almost said 279. I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, 278, Usman versus Edwards. But before we get into it, boys, uh, big news over the fight week this week. Uh, Shane Burgos leaves UFC, uh, signs with the PFL. Uh, Dana has come out and said they pretty much screwed the pooch on that one. Uh, didn't even, I, I mean, according to Shane Burgos, he never even talked to Dana. Uh, was, you know, but in negotiations with UFC, Hunter Campbell and the boys. But Dana said they screwed the pooch. Uh, they shouldn't have never let a guy like Shane Burgos go. But, uh, Craig, how are you feeling Shane Burgos leaving to the PFL? Is this something that, you know, Shane Burgos was never probably going to be a, uh, a featherweight champion. But still in his prime, still a guy that puts on exciting fights. Is this something that we'll see in the future of maybe a guy that realizes, you know, they're young, go out and make this money here? Um, I think it's there's a possibility that we might see some more of it. Um, it's very surprising. We see guys leave UFC um, and go to, you know, the PFL or even Bellator and things like that. But it's usually guys that are kind of like, over the hump and kind of on the downswing. Um, so the Shane Burgos thing, I mean, it was surprising to see, you know, a young and up and comer kind of leave the UFC. Um, and then the fact, like, like you said, that Dana came out and said that, that they screwed that one up. I think Dana's literal words were, we fucked that up. Um, so, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know when Dana's coming out and saying that. Um, I do think that, I mean, we might see some kind of, some mid tier guys, I guess, if that's what you want to call them, some guys that might not be able to, you know, get to that top tier in the UFC, uh, maybe take on some of these other journeys where they might have a little bit more success. Um, and this kind of comes, you know, on the backswing of all this fighter pay talk and Burgos to saying that, you know, he got better offer um, there at PFL. So we'll kind of see how that, you know, comes out into the conversations as we move forward. But I, I mean, I still think at the end of the day, if you're a professional fighter, man, I mean, UFC is the cream of the crop and that's, that's ultimately that's where you want to be. Yeah, I think if you're trying to make really capitalize on the most money you can possibly make, it's going to have to be in the UFC. Uh, that's where your most notoriety is going to get. It's where your biggest following is going to get. But you are going to see these guys, kind of like Bodkin said, but I mean, Burgess is not going to win a title. I think he's kind of shown that. He's a good fighter, though. Um, I think that shows in by Dana saying that they did make a mistake by letting him go. Uh, but you are going to see more guys in that level go. And you are going to see PFL start overpaying for some of those guys in that level, too just to be able to say, hey, we pride these guys away from UFC in their prime. Maybe it's not the UFC cream of the crop, but they are going to steal some UFC talent in their prime, and that's going to be kind of a big talking point for them as far as negotiations go with other fighters. It's going to say, hey, Shane Burgess left in his prime to come over here. You need to do it too. This is how what we can do for your career. And uh, Shane Burgess got a chance to go over there and win himself a lot of money. You know, we kind yeah. of said he's not going to win a, win a title here, but he can go over there and win that tournament and make himself an extra million bucks. Yeah, Shane has uh, said that uh, the PFL came correct even before you know uh, his last contract, and he they're the only the only team he negotiated outside of the UFC. But said this this money is going to set him up financially. That's not even if he wins, you know, these uh, million dollar tournaments. I mean, he signed up for two seasons. Uh, I mean, he can go he can go back to the UFC. I think obviously, if Dana wants him to come back, he goes. Let's just say he wins these two tournaments, two seasons at either featherweight or lightweight. He said he's going to either fight at either one. He hasn't quite decided yet. But uh, he's 30 years old. He can come back at 33 and still be ready for the UFC uh, and finish his career out there and make a little bit uh, of money that way, too. I mean, is that, you know, is that a possible, uh, you know, you think 
Craig that <laughs> he could do that? Yeah, I mean, we've seen guys, you know, if they if he can go to PFL and win and win these tournaments, you know, I mean, then that's just more marketability coming back into the UFC. Um, I think, I mean, we've seen guys, you know, like Michael Chandler that tore it up um, outside of the UFC comes into the UFC with a big name and a big reputation. Um, you know, if Shane Burgos goes to the PFL and cleans house, then, I mean, you got to think like you want to see him against the UFC guys again. Um, and kind of like Kenny said, um, alluded to a little bit. I mean, he's got the opportunity here to go make some pretty good money and, a lot of times in sports, we see blueprints set, you know, so if Burgos can can do this, he can go make some money at the PFL and then eventually, you know, have success there and make it back to the UFC and get some money there at the back end of the career. I mean, you know, that is a blueprint that some other guys, I mean, may follow. I don't think it's something that we're going to see a ton of guys. I don't think it's something we're going to see, you know, some of the elite fighters in the UFC leaving. Um, but it is something, like I said, like these mid-tier guys, I think it's something that we might see. Kenny, I mean, Dana said that they screwed up here. Uh, I mean, is Dana, will this force this like PFL, especially PFL, because it seems like they're the ones getting some of these guys. Now they were going for the veterans, like the name guys that maybe I wouldn't say like has been, but guys that just like that passed their prime, Anthony Pettis, Roy McDonald, and, uh, you know, Jeremy Stevens, couple of those guys, those signings have not worked, but somebody like Shane Burgos, who's still in his prime, will this now force Dana to maybe pay those mid-tier guys a little bit more money? Or, I mean, is it just the UFC and are they just going to keep churning them out? I think that one thing we can all kind of confidently say about Dana, Dana ain't going to change a single thing that he does. Um, I think that Dana's just going to sit there and hope that Burgess goes over there and fails so that he can say, see, it didn't really matter. Um at the end, I think he's going to have to pay somebody more, but Dana's not going to start changing a lot of stuff he does. At the end of the day, the UFC's made it without John Jones. They're damn sure going to make it without Shane Burgess. And I think that Dana's going to just keep operating under that model that as long as UFC's on the show, that it's going to sell, and he's not going to overpay for those guys. I mean, he, I don't agree with 100% of what Dana says with uh, the eat what you kill thing. Um, if fighters were allowed to eat what they kill – you're allowed to make jewelry out of, out of Huss and stuff, you know, and they're not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to go get sponsors. They're not allowed to put nobody on the flag. They're not allowed to put nobody on the shorts. Yeah, they can go sell their own shirts, but he's not letting them eat what they kill. He's not letting them go make the most money they can with their name. And that's my only issue with that. If he's not going to raise the pay, let them go make their money. But I don't think you're going to see a big giant jump in that mid-tier level fighter pay. Because at the end of the day, it was pretty clear. If it's clear to us that Burgess wasn't going to win a title, then it's clear to Dana and, and Sean Shelby too. And at the end of the day, he's not going to overpay for somebody that's not going to win a title. Uh, yeah, I, I get that too. But I mean, Shane, I'll take Shane Burgos fighting on this card uh, than some of these other fighters as we're getting ready to break it down. Because I mean, Shane Burgos is still a name and a guy who's put on exciting fights. Now, we're going to get into Most some of fights. Exciting fights is because he of the people he's fighting though. And that's not, not an offense to him. His standup is good, but some of his best fights is because the other dude who's fighting is really good too. And that's like, it does go hand in hand. It does take two to tango. And you're right. I would take Shane Burgess on this card, but if I'm Dane, I'm not going to overpay Shane Burgess by a million dollars a fight just to get him on this card either. No, you're right. I mean, you're not going to overpay. Dana's not going to over overpay nobody. I mean, that's the reason that, you know, uh, he's, you, you know, they're a billion dollar industry and they've they've kind of won this like, you know, this race here and they're the biggest, you know, corporation in mixed martial arts, you know. But to me, that shows that uh, one thing I want to point out is Dana's not in these contract negotiations anymore, obviously. You know, is that something, Craig, that you think Dana will now step back in? Because he seems to be, I, I think, and it's been being reported to by like Ariel Hwani and others that he's really, you know, he's still the head figure, but... He's not making the, the decisions as, uh, as much anymore, and he's more stepped out. I mean, Craig, something like you know Shane Burgos leaving, is this going to make Dana step back into those negotiations, or is it just still going to be Hunter Campbell and the boys? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think it might have – I mean, Dana White might have a conversation um, about some things with these boys, but I feel like there's a reason that he's not involved at the moment already. So, I mean, I think that – He's going to leave it, I mean, kind of the way that it's going. I mean, listen, there's been some cards to complain about here. Um, I mean, this card is not great. The next pay-per-view card is not great. We've also hyped up some of these fight nights in between, and we've got some loaded cards coming up, you know, down the stretch of the year. So, um, I mean, 
I think the the contracts, the matchmakers, um, a lot of that stuff going on in UFC, I think Dana White's going to continue to kind of let it go the way that it's been going. I, I think if we get to a point where we start seeing a lot of this happening, maybe Dana White steps in. Um, I mean, but Dana White acknowledged that the UFC messed up letting, you know, letting Burgos go at this point in his career. Um, you know, I think there's some conversations to be had there that Dana White will have. And then um, business as usual continues on. I think a lot of it depends on what the gap was on the number. You know, Shane said that PFL, Bakke's even pointed out PFL came correct before his last contract even. Now, what does correct mean to him and what does correct mean to Dana White and what does correct mean to PFL? I think that there's probably three different numbers there. And I think that as long as you kind of – Dana looks at these these negotiations, John Jones wants $20 million a fight, never going to happen. I don't think Dana needs to be involved in those negotiations. Don't think he cares to be involved in those negotiations. You lose Shane Burgess over – $350,000, Dana's probably going to step in and say, hey, that's not going to happen again. You know, I don't think he's going to step in as far as getting in the day-to-day -day negotiations of it. I don't think he needs that. Kind of like you guys said, he stepped away for a reason. He's not involved right now for a reason. But I do think he's going to come in and say, hey, we're not losing another guy in his prime over chump change. All right, boys, let's go ahead and get into this uh, UFC 278. Uh, I mean, Craig kind of alluded to it. Uh, the, the top is pretty good, um, but the bottom is uh, minimum here. Craig's got the championship belt, the reigning defending pick'em champ, two-time champ here. Uh, as uh, Kenny's won, you've won twice, Kenny, I think, and I've uh, still yet to taste victory. But I'm going to change that today, baby. It's happening today at 278. It's going to be my time. Uh, let's go ahead and break it down. Like I just said, the bottom of the card desires to, to be a lot. I mean, to be a lot. But uh, let's get into it. The first fight here, light heavyweight, Tyson Pedro, the biggest favorite on the on the card, minus 800 versus Henry Hutsecker. Uh, Hutsecker's making his lightweight debut. He was a, was fighting at heavyweight. Uh Tyson is eight and three. Uh, he does have win over uh, Paul Craig and Khalil Roundtree, but he's uh, he's last he's three and uh, five in his last eight fights, uh, or he's lost his last three of his last five five. Sorry, and then you have Henry Huntsecker, uh, no wins in the UFC, dropping down to light heavyweight here. I mean, this card, this fight already sounds like it's going to be a doozy here, folks. To open up the pay per view, uh, Craig is our uh, pick 'em champ. Uh, how do you like this fight here? So um, kind of like you alluded to on paper, this fight, I mean, the kickoff a pay-per-view card isn't very good, but how many of these pay-per-view cards have we seen a fight that looks like it's going to be a good one to kick it off when we've gotten, you know, some duds or some things happen when we were on the roll there for a little while of these pay-per-view cards, it's like just starting off crappy. Um, I'm not going to put money down saying that this one's going to change that. Um, <laughs> Pick wise, I mean, I gotta, I gotta go with Pedro on this one. I mean, a guy that hasn't won in the UFC and is now dropping down weight to try to make. I mean, to me, when guys are doing that, you're dropping down weight, you're trying to make something happen, you're, you're grabbing at straws. It almost feels like, you know. And uh, I know Hunsucker came out and said, you know, he was kind of making a laugh about it, saying, oh, you know, they're pinning the two Australian guys against each other, um, and I just, I mean. When the odds are, la are are that heavy one direction, there's a reason, you know what I mean? And um, I just feel like I, the guy that hasn't won in the UFC that's sitting, that was sitting at heavyweight, dropping down to lightweight, I feel like you're grabbing at straws. I got I to gotta take Pedro in this fight. Can you go ahead, my man? You're, you're muted. Yeah, there my, you go. I can, I can see the little thing. Hey, you're muted, dummy. Act like you're a professional is what it said. Um, no, I think it's pretty easy to pick Pedro in this fight. I mean, like you said, he's got a couple big wins. You know, we hyped up Paul Craig on here a few weeks back. Like, he's about to make some big run. Uh, so, obviously, a win over Paul Craig, especially when he got that win, kind of means a little something compared to a guy, like you said, he ain't won in the UFC. He's dropping down to light heavyweight. Um, I Like I said, uh, it's not – at plus 550 was what I saw it at yesterday, man. You might sprinkle a little on Hunsucker if you're trying to make a little money on this fight. But uh, if you're trying to get that belt back, you're going to pick Tyson Pedro. Yeah, boys, uh, his name's Tyson Pedro, and I learned a long time ago, if your name's Tyson, whether it's Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury, or Tyson Pedro, you pick a Tyson to win, boys. We're all in on Tyson Pedro. Lock it in. 
All right, we get to uh, the next fight. It's the women's bantamweight fight. And me and Craig, before the pre-show, we were talking about how we don't even understand why this fight's even on the card, uh, on the pay-per-view. I mean, you have Wu. Is it? Can you pr help me pronounce that last name? Is it X Exxon? Wu Tang Clan. Uh, I don't know why you would pick me. I don't know why you think that I'm the Chinese uh, linguist over here. But I believe that the X is the shut sounds. Shannon, perhaps. Wu 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 shut Wu 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 Tang Wu 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 Shan. That's why I called it was Wu Tang. That's what I wrote down in my notes was Wu Tang. Well, we're gonna stick with Wu Tang. Uh, so she is taking on uh Lucy Padalova. Wu Tang here is twelve and five. She's lost her last three. She is uh, the dog at plus one hundred, while Lucy Putalova minus one twenty. I, I I thought she was making her UFC debut. I had to scroll down her fight scene and seen that her last like five fights were not the UFC. At one time, she was in the UFC and hadn't had a win in the UFC. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this fight or who to really pick here, uh, Kenny. Um. Break down this fight for us, and why is it even on this pay-per-view? Um, why it's on the pay-per-view, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I feel like there's – I don't not even to, to – I don't want to bring any disrespect on the fight. Um, I do think that hopefully both of these fighters know, like, that's probably what people are saying about it, and they want to go put on a good show. Um, but to say why it's on the pay-per-view, I don't know. You almost feel like Dana kind of stuck it to, to Usman a little bit, and I don't really know kind of what happened there. Um, but I'm going to go with Wu, man. Like, at the end of the day, like you said, you got to scroll a little bit to find Pudilova's last UFC fights. And, you know, you got let go for a reason. Maybe she got a little bit of new life and she wants to come back and prove that she's going to be able to make a name here and stay. But but I picked Wu. I don't really know much about how to break it down. I think Wu just the experience of being in the UFC. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of these Chinese fighters kind of make more of a run. Uh, they're showing that they're very tough, gritty fighters. They ain't got no quit. So, uh, so I picked Wu. Um, just because Pudilova is making that debut back. And uh, I think that she's going to have a little extra just trying to stop that. Craig, go ahead, my man. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like you said before, before we even went live, we were kind of discussing this and I just man, on the bandwagon of what is Dana doing? Um, I saw, I read a stat that uh, these two fighters are combined three and nine in the UFC. Why are we paying pay-per-view money to watch these two girls go at it? I don't understand. Um, but here we are. Um, so it's on a pay-per-view card and we got to make picks. I don't know much about either one of them. Um, kind of like Kenny alluded to, I know um, Pudilova has been kind of in and out of the UFC, which I mean, I don't want to say tells you everything you need to know, but it tells you a little bit. Um, and then Wu is 0-3, I think in her last three fights. Um, but I have watched a little bit. To me, it just looks like she's got a little, a little better striking, a little bit more power. If I got to throw, you know, if I got to throw the belt on the line and make a pick somewhere, I'm going to take Wu in this fight. Wu Tang. So uh, I will say that Pudilova, since she's been out of the UFC, she went on a nice run. She's won uh, five of her last six fights outside the UFC. So maybe she put it together, got that practice that she needed. Uh, wasn't quite ready the first go around. I think she's ready now. I'm all in on Pudilova, baby. Knock it in. This is where I separate myself, uh, giving me up Pudilova. All right, so now from uh, two names that we didn't know to to maybe the most respected name in all of UFC, uh, Jose Aldo, the number three ranked bantamweight, obviously the arguably the greatest featherweight I would say the greatest featherweight of all time. Uh, Jose Aldo taking on Marab Devishili. Deviv I'm just going to call him Marab from here on out. But Marab's uh, ranked number six and is the favorite at minus 135. Jose at uh, the dog at 115 here. Uh, Craig, are you taking the veteran Jose Aldo to turn back the clock? I mean, he's he's been... Hi, he's won his last three fights here. So this is, I mean, here we are on this card, finally hitting a good fight, I feel like. Um, and my personal opinion, um, I'll get to it here in a little bit when we get to the next fight, but this should be the co-main on the card. Um, it's basically, I mean, a title eliminator of such. Um, I mean, it's a, basically a top five fight here. Um, and I think, I mean, everything in this fight is going to come down to 
Um, Mariah with the wrestling, Aldo with the takedown defense. You know, um, can can he get Aldo down to the mat and take him down? Aldo's takedown defense, he's like 90%, I think, on his takedown defense, which is, I mean, incredible. And I think if Aldo can keep it on the feet um, with the leg kicks and the striking, it's a three-round fight. So old man Aldo, I think, can, I mean, the cardio, he can keep it up. Um, so that's the way I'm leaning, man. I think, I mean, this is, this is it for, for Aldo. I think he's got all his chips in the bag. He wants one more, one more shot at that belt. And I think a win here might get, might get it for him. You know, um, it's a big fight for him. Like I said, I think, uh, Marab's going to be going for the takedowns. I mean, trying the wrestling, that's his bread and butter. I think if Aldo can, can keep the takedown defense there, keep it on the feet with the striking, I, I'm giving Aldo the edge. Kenny Aldo, uh, is he's won his last three three fights. He's three and five as a bantam uh, <coughs> as as a bantam weight here, but uh, I mean he's coming back. This is his last shot. Craig alluded it to, or is the young guy Marab who's on an eight fight winning streak? I mean, how do you how do you see this one breaking down? I think I said it <clears throat> maybe yesterday, maybe this morning. I don't remember. Uh, I guess it was yesterday in group. I want to. I love Jose Aldo, man. I think that you can tell, like you said, he's one of the most respected fighters in the game. Um, when they started talking, when Volk started talking GOAT, this was the first name that Max brought up as a featherweight GOAT. He hasn't fought featherweight in a while. Uh, so it says a lot. It just feels so much like the first time Aldo fought Jan. And you got a young up-and-comer who likes to wrestle. I think that it works out for Jose that it's going to be a three-round fight. I think he's going to be able to keep his distance a little better. Like Craig said, hopefully that cardio keeps up. Jose's never really had very many cardio issues, but he's also not really had a lot of trouble on the scale either. And I think you've seen he was the last one to weigh in yesterday. He needed the towel. Hopefully that doesn't mean it was a bad weight cut, but if it was, how's that going to hurt his cardio? Um, the way I see this fight going is I get caught every week. So Dana, one thing Dana does do every week well is he gives us nostalgia traps, don't he? <laughs> every card it feels like there's a nostalgia trap. And it just reaches out for Nick and Kenny, I feel like. If I could, you guys got the balls not to pick the dudes that you love. And I do not have them in this fight. I'm going to take Jose to win by decision. That's my dog of the week. Man, I'm on an island again here. I'm taking Marab. I was I went back and forth here multiple times. Uh, I And then I just think at the weigh-in, Jose just looked deflate, like deflated like when he – was like just disappointed in himself. Uh, then they had to bring out the curtain of shame. Did make the weight. Um, but I went back and forth. I, I mean, Aldo, his biggest win as a Bantamweight's pretty much been against um, Cheeto. Marab is Marab's on the eight-fight win streak. He hasn't. We haven't seen either one of these guys this year. Marab hasn't fought in almost a year. Aldo fought last December when he, <coughs> when he beat Cheeto. Uh, I'm gonna like again. I'm gonna take Marab here. Uh, I just think that Aldo's great. I mean, all time great. And we don't see guys drop down and wait when they get older. They usually go up and wait. And Aldo's going down has went down here instead of fighting at 145, fighting at 135. Uh, but I'm still taking Marab. I just think the wrestling will get it done. I think his striking is is under like not underappreciated, but just undervalued. You know. Uh, he's a pretty decent striker, but obviously a, a heck of a wrestler. Uh, that gym also has um, – he fights in the same gym as not TJ, but uh, Sterling and a couple of those other guys. So I'm I'm, I'm – that gym – when you're hot at a gym, you're hot at a gym. And when you're fighting along with the champion and training along with the champion, lock it in. I'm on the island of Marab, baby. Yeah, I will say uh... – one of the biggest reasons why I'm on the Aldo train is simply for, I just feel like if there's, if there really is sports gods, if that's a real thing and I talk to them a lot, so there better be <coughs> the fighter gods have to be thinking the same thing that we are as fans, the same thing, every single fighter in the UFC besides Marab wants Aldo to fight for the title in his next fight, every single one of them. And I just feel like if the fighter gods have any, anything left in them, and that's exactly how this fight has to go because I'd love to see Jose fight one more time for that belt before he retires. 
I mean, this is his last run, right? I mean, we can uh, be. We'll, be, yeah. we'll talk. I mean, whether it's we'll, we'll obviously get into it tomorrow, but hey, even I mean, if he wins, he, no matter what, in the post show, we're going to say even if he wins tonight, we're going to stay in the post show. This is his last run, no matter what. This is last run at the belt. He loses. It's it's much like I, I said last week with Dominic Cruz. I think if he loses this fight. I mean, those two legends, I would like to see those two legends match up against each other and maybe a loser leave, leaves town type thing, uh, you know, w loser. And I mean, just doesn't even have to leave town, just retires, you know what I mean? No, but I'd like it. to, you know, I'd like to see those two guys go at it if, if, if Jose loses. And I, I mean, it's going to, I think this could, this is my prediction for fight of the night. I think, um, I think it's going to be a close fight, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, Craig. Like, I mean, is this it for Jose if he if he if he loses here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he loses this fight, this is it as far as you know, title contention um, in his career at all. Um, but I don't know if it's it. I mean, Aldo just. I mean, up until the weigh-ins yesterday, Aldo just seems like you know he still got it. He still loves the, the still loves the game. Um, I mean, I kind of like what you said, you know, if, if Aldo were to lose him and Dominic Cruz setting it up. But at the same time, like, I don't I don't know that I want to see Aldo. I don't I, I don't know that I want to see his career in that way. I want to see Aldo go out, you know, with a win, um, with the respect. Um, not saying that I don't think that he would beat Dominic Cruz, but I kind of think Dominic Cruz deserves the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, I think those guys kind of deserve a respectful farewell. Maybe they could get it if they matched up against each other. Um but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like you said, we'll talk more about it on the post show tomorrow. But Marab said, you know, if he wins this fight and Sterling wins, he said he don't want to fight him because that's his boy and they go to the same gym. So, um, I mean, it'll kind of be interesting to see, you know, what happens um, moving forward here. Um, like like you said, we'll get into a lot of it tomorrow on the post show when we see what happens tonight. Yeah, Sterling's come out earlier and said that if Marab, if Marab ever has a title shot, he would vacate the title and move up. Uh, to featherweight, I guess, at, at 145 is what uh, Aljo has come out and said before to give Marab a chance at the Bantamweight title. So, I mean, oh, so what you're really saying is that I now I want Marab to win tonight because I would love to see Aljo go 145. <laughs> I would add the way he looked against Jan and his I would love to see Aljo go to 145. He looked absolutely monstrous in his last fight. Yeah, that he's come out and said that like he's not going to stop Marab, and you know, so obviously if that's you I know, it's always that. that's awesome. It's always difficult too, I think. You know, as a gym partners and friends who train, and you're in the same weight class, and we're talking two of the elite guys in that division. I mean, for Aldo, it I, I if he wins, man, they've they've said they're going to go to Brazil in uh, January. Obviously, you circling Aldo versus winner of you know maybe sterling sterling and tj they fight in october that timeline would match up depending on how healthy they were you would put that maybe that title uh for aldo in brazil in january i think with that brazil card being in january win or lose aldo's probably on that card in most likely one of his last fights you got to think that if you're ever looking for a way to ride off into the sunset with the win at home whether it's for a belt or not aldo's got to look at that and kind of think that might be the one yeah, I mean, Craig, and you, you, you said that uh, Cruz and Alto, I mean, they, you know, they need, I like that fight as both guys, just two older guys. I hate when they feed the old guy to the younger guys we're going to see in next month's card. Uh, I'd like to see the two veterans clash. And we as fans deserve that fight. I mean, these guys go back, two legends in the game. Uh, you know, obviously, Aldo always fought at Featherweight and now, now at Bantamweight, but so we never got to see them clash. And that would be a heck of a fight, Aldo versus Cruz. But, I mean, time will tell. I think that would be a great fight for both of them. It's kind of the uh, almost time to get out of town retirement fight. Yeah, a couple WEC legends even. Right. And, and like you alluded to, man, if, I mean, as long as Aldo don't, you know, suffer any injuries or anything like that, uh, win or lose, I mean, you got to try to get him on that Brazil card, you know. No doubt. All right, boys, let's get into the co-main event here uh, in the men's middleweight. Kenny's favorite fighter, Pablo Costa, 13-2, was 13-0, but has dropped his last two's number six, and he's taking on 
Uh, I mean, Pablo's a pretty heavy favorite at minus 400, taking on a uh, former middleweight champ, a uh, guy who hasn't fought, though, in over three years, Luke Rockhold. Um, last <coughs> last time we saw Luke Rockhold, he was fighting at light heavyweight. Uh, he's now back at mi middleweight. Uh, and he, like I said, he hasn't fought since 2019. He hasn't had a win since 2017. Last time he fought at middleweight was 2018. I mean, Kenny, you were unmarried and didn't have zero kids the last time Luke Rockhold, Ro Luke Rockhold had a win. Uh, now you're uh, married and uh, two babies. So, I mean, life's changed for you and Luke here. Does Luke re return, rewind the clock or is your favorite fighter Pablo Costa taking this one? Call him my favorite fighter again. I will <laughs> remove myself from the stream. I cannot take it. I... Uh, Listen, Father Time is undefeated. I used to, I loved Luke Rockhold when he came over from Strike Force. I was a big Luke Rockhold guy. I loved Luke Rockhold when he beat Wyden and got the belt. But Luke Rock, that Luke Rockhold's a long, long time ago. And to be honest, after going back and watching some fights, I, you know, you watch fights to prepare for these cards. We don't want to come here and sound like dummies. So you go back and watch Luke Rockhold fight. At the end of the day, what we really learned about Chris Weidman is he was, uh, he caught Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva broke his leg. And that was who Chris Weidman was. And Luke Rockhold kind of showed everybody that. And then everyone else in the UFC kind of showed us what Luke Rockhold was too. And I know he's been training his butt off. If you watch the videos, I mean, he's in obviously very good shape. He's done well these last couple of years to get back into it. But man, I mean, if you're a striker and that's about all you can do, you got to be worried whenever your chin becomes suspect. And his last couple of fights we've seen, his chin is very suspect. It is not just made of glass. That glass is cracked. Now, one of those fights was against Jan Blahovich. I think about everybody in the world gets knocked out by Jan Blahovich. And so I think when you look at that, maybe you can give him the benefit of the doubt some. But we've seen Paulo Costa be great. You know, up until he fought Izzy and then kind of the whole train fell off the tracks. Paulo Costa was great. And when you see kind of where his career is at and he knows he needs a win, he's looking up and seeing an old man Rockhold that – no offense to him, probably doesn't belong in the cage with him at this point. He looks at that and thinks that he can rewind the clock very easily to a couple years ago and be who Paulo Costa is. Now, they've talked a little bit of shit too, which maybe can fuel that fire just a little bit more. I don't think, I think Paulo Costa buckles when he's intimidated. I don't think there's anything intimidating about Luke Rockhold as far as Paulo Costa is concerned. So I will take Paulo, how much does the bottle Costa by decision? Craig. I mean, Pablo, this is Pablo Costa's last fight uh, on his contract. I feel like he, this is kind of a must win for him to show that, hey, I can be a businessman because the last time we seen him, he's real unprofessional, missed the weight, didn't even really try to make the weight when he fought Vittori. Uh, and then they had to, they ended up fighting at light, light heavyweight. And then it looked like the UFC was going to tell him, hey, man, you're going to have to fight at light heavyweight. But I guess they gave him the opportunity here to kind of prove himself. Uh, I mean, how important is this fight for Pablo Costa? And, you know, Luke Rockhold said that if he wins this fight, he wants a title shot. So who, which person's more delirious here, Luke Rockhold or Pablo Costa? Because they're both kind of crazy. So, I mean, yeah, they're both kind of crazy. If we're going to say who's more delirious, Luke Rockhold, you're fucking crazy <laughs> to me. But, I mean, like, like kind of like Kenny alluded to, you know, Luke Rockhold, I mean, we've seen him. You know, we've seen him hold a bell. We've seen him be be good in the UFC. Personally, I've never been a Luke Rockhold fan. Personally, I don't know how this is a co-main. I mean, Luke Rockhold, we haven't seen, like you said, we haven't seen him in, in a fight in three years. We haven't seen him win a fight in five years. And Paulo Costa's coming off two straight losses. So, I mean, why is this a pay-per-view co-main to begin with? In my opinion, I mean, that, I guess, is another topic to, to talk about. Um but kind of like Kenny alluded to, so Luke Rockhold, I mean, like when we were talking in the last fight, Kenny said there's always this nostalgia thing that Dana's bringing in. Like, to me, that's this fight. This is the nostalgia. We're bringing in Luke Rockhold, um, this older guy. Oh, we can talk about how he's in great shape. We can talk about, you know, how much time he spent in the gym and, and this and that. But one thing that you don't get back, no matter how much you train and you exercise and whatever you do, is the chin. And the last two times that we've seen him, He's been knocked out. Um, now, granted, he was getting knocked out at light heavyweight. So, I mean, he's fallen 
falling back in a weight class, but Paulo Costa's no slouch. Paulo Costa, if there's one thing he's got, he's got some power. And um, I think I don't know exactly what happened there with that Izzy fight, but it was almost like there was like a mental downward spiral there with Costa for a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, just hitting hitting the bottle, you know, like like we say, we call him I call him Fat Drunk Costa now because he missed <laughs> hitting the bottle of wine. Um, but like you alluded to, this is the last fight he's got on his contract, so this is a huge fight for him coming off two straight losses, basically showing that you don't belong in the top five. I almost feel like Luke Rockhold's a cookie here um, for Costa to get a win before he's got to get into these negotiations. And if he can't pull this one out, I mean, that's, I mean, maybe, maybe Costa's in the PFL next time we see him fight. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think this is, it's a big time fight for Paulo Costa um, for where he's at in his career. Um, I think he looks he looks more confident than he's looked in the last two fights here at the weigh-ins and stuff. And like I said, Luke Rockhold. I mean, if there's just one thing, I'm you might you might have your speed back, you might have your power back. I just don't think you got your chin back. That thing doesn't ever come back. And uh, last two times we've seen him fight, he's been knocked out. I'm taking Costa to knock him out tonight as well. Um, I'm actually. God, man, it hurts my stomach to say this. It almost makes me want to throw up. But Paulo Costa is my lock of the week. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you boys. I mean, the wino Pablo Costa, I, I had a tough time. I, it's in my DNA not to pick him because I think he's just, you know, uh, I mean, I just don't want to pick him. But and if it was anybody but old man uh, Luke Rockhold here, I'd almost have to, I'd almost take the other person just to spite. But I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. Pablo is going to put the pressure on. I think we're going to see that old, you know, 13 and 0 Pablo Costa that we, we haven't seen in his last two fights. Just a guy that can put pressure on you uh, and can knock, you know, put your lights out. And once we know that the, uh, like you guys have alluded to, once you know the chin's kind of gone there, uh, it's, it's gone. And I think, you know, it's going to get real uncomfortable, I think, for Luke Rockhold. Remember when we saw it against, uh, who do, who, um, <clears throat> guy who just fought in London that got uh, Guffeston and how uncomfortable that was and over real quick. I almost have a feeling it could be go that bad for uh, Luke Rockhold here. Is and then where everybody's saying, "Hey, man, Luke, it's it's time, man. We appreciate everything that you've done, but lock it in, boys. We're all in. Unfortunately, we're all not going to be drinking wine, but we're all going to be cheering for the wino tonight. Pablo Costa." We're all in no on one, the Pablo listen, train. No one said anything about cheering for the wino. Okay? I'm not <laughs> cheering for the wino. I picked him because I'm trying to get that belt back. I will not be cheering for Paulo Costa. Well, if he loses, I guess we don't. We're we're not gonna. You know, nobody's gonna complain, right? I mean, so it's worth it. Yeah, a loss doesn't hurt anybody on the on the the chasing the belt. So. And yeah. I just want to preface too, like I know it's that like we talk a lot of shit about Paulo Costa. And to like Chris Landis, who might be watching. Um, but realistically, like at the end of the day, man, when you disrespect the game the way he has, I you cannot be my favorite fighter. I can't like you anymore. I loved Paulo Costa after he fought Yoel Romero. I was one of the people that thought Paulo Costa had a chance to go beat Izzy because he was going to push the pressure on him. Missing weight, being drunk, you're fighting as a light heavyweight. I just got, I, as a fighter, I can't have any respect for that dude. Like, it's not personal attacks. It's just as a fighter, Paulo Costa is just not the guy. So anybody that ever ever bitches saying we just personally attacking Paulo Costa, they were personally attacking Paulo Costa, the fighter, not the person. I hey, mean, Paulo, he's Paulo earned all the criticism that he gets on this right. show. Yeah, I mean, Pablo in general has got some issues, I think. But uh, we do have some comments coming in here before we get into the main event. Uh, Bingus Bingus Bogus is uh, pretty much just said that the Pablo. Pablo is a trash fight. He's not a fan of it, pretty much. And then he said, uh, it, "That was pretty much the only comment that's uh, worth a ding." He's just uh, so yeah. Bingus Bongus, thanks for uh, tuning in, and uh, we're all kind of agreement here that uh, we're not all big Pablo Costa fans, and he's deserved that criticism. I mean, he's beat a couple guys like Kenny Cedillo, Romero, and a couple others, but. Uh, you know, ever since the – I feel like sometimes when you lose a fight like he lost to Izzy and that rivalry was supposed to be built up and the way he lost, it has spent him, like Craig said, just a downward spiral and he hasn't been the same. And hopefully this is that get-right fight because I'd like to see him get back and, you know, be able to be a contender again. I mean, if he can't, if he, if he can't beat 
Luke Rockhold, then you're just you you don't get back in, right? I mean, it's this kind of now or never chance for for Costa here. I mean, like I said, I I feel like this is kind of the cookie to him. Like, if you can't win this fight, bro, you don't you don't belong. Oh, I, I forgot to mention the last fight, uh, Marab in the in the Marab fight. Marab's my lock of the card here, boys. So let's get to it, boys. The main event here. Uh, after we're all on Pablo Casa, the main event, Kamara Usman, undefeated in the UFC. The last time he fought this man in 2015, this man hasn't lost to another fighter since. And uh, that is Leon Rocky Edwards, who's on a 10-fight winning streak. Craig as the champion. Is it and still or is it and new? Obviously, Usman is the pretty decent favorite here yeah man i mean you can't you can't argue the fact that usman's the favorite um <laughs> I was actually on this show just a few weeks ago debating usman and uh volkanovsky as the pound for pound goat and i was on the usman bandwagon i mean i still think that uh you know usman's been out here finishing fights and he's just i mean as crazy as it sounds as a guy that's been holding the belt it's like every time you see him he's looking better he's looking like he's still evolving his game and things are still changing and kamaru usman i mean he's one of those guys until you see somebody beat him he just damn near looks unbeatable out there um now rocky man rocky's been on a tear and he's he's had to he's he, he's had to endure the grind and he's had to do the work he's uh had a lot of fights to get through to climb this ladder to get to the top. And it, it just always kind of seemed like, you know, eight wins in a row, not enough. Nine nine wins in a row. Like, Rocky, there's always somebody else that they were feeding him. Rocky was just never there for the title shot, not really in the talks. Um, so, you know, he's I, I love the grind, and I love the way that he's been going through it. And, I mean, he was – so he was set up to fight um, Chimaev, I believe. And it, it just seems like Edwards will take whatever fight – he needs to take to work his way back up to get a title shot. And I love that mentality, but um, Usman, man, Usman is just so tough. Like I said, I was, I was arguing him as the pound for pound goat out there. And if you look back at that Leon fight, I mean, you guys know I'm a big Diaz fan. If Nate, I mean, Edwards looked great in that fight. He looked, I mean, he was piecing Nate up the whole entire time, but if Nate ain't Nate and pointing and laughing when he's got Rocky shook there in the fifth, I mean, Edwards might not even be in this fight. You know what I mean? If, if Nate went in for the kill there in the fifth round. Um, so, I mean, all that being said, boys, like Usman, he's a G. Looking at this card, though, I had to pick a dog somewhere, and every damn dog on this card was shitty. So I'm putting the belt on the line. I'm going ballsy. I'm taking Leon Rocky Edwards to uh, get the strap tonight as my dog of the week. Um, I mean, boys, I really do like Usman in this fight. I had to take a dog somewhere on this card. If I got to take a dog, I'm riding with Leon. Kitty, I mean, Rocky here, this fight is a fight I feel like we've been talking about uh, for like three years now. I mean, Leon was supposed to fight Tyrone Woodley in a number one contender fight, but then the pandemic hit. So then they put Burns in. Burns wins. He's supposed to fight uh, Usman. Then Burns gets COVID. Then that's when they plug in Masvidal. Uh, I mean, Rocky has continued to sit on the sidelines, had to fight guys like Bilal Muhammad, did fight, you know, Craig alluded to the, the Nate Diaz uh, fight. <clears throat> But he's had. We haven't seen Rocky now in a year. Last time we saw uh, Usman was when he defended the belt against Covington. You know, for the second time. I mean, this fight is a fight that they just been you know mixing and matching everybody else, and Rocky's been having to sit on the sideline. Is it Rocky's time? Are you uh, going with and still here? Well, it's not Rocky's time. I'm definitely going and still. Uh, when you watch their first fight, I rewatched it a couple times this week. <laughs> Leon did a really good job of stopping takedowns uh, in the early uh, first first round, first part of the second round. But once Usman started landing a couple shots and he was able to change levels, he was not able to stop them takedowns at all. He was able to get back up every time. But Usman took him down pretty much with ease whenever he wanted, really, after that first round. And I think that when you look at that, one thing that he did a bunch, he would fake the shot. And then he would come back up and throw that hook. And he's pretty much mastered that now. You can ask Jorge Masvidal. The, the fake shot with the big right hook is kind of Usman's move. 
I think that Leon opens himself up to that a lot. He opened himself up to that a lot in the first fight. And if he does it again in the second fight, it's going to be over pretty quick. Um, I do not want to disrespect Leon. Leon's a very long, rangy striker. He's got good uh, takedown defense, and he's got good stand-up game. I just think that when you watch that first fight um, with Usman, and then when you watch that first fight with Usman, and then you go back and you watch his fight with Nate, Leon's kind of the same guy. He hasn't really evolved very much as a, as a fighter. He's the same exact dude that he was. When you watch Usman's first fight with Leon, and then you watch all of his fights with Kobe, uh, and you watch his, uh, his ascent and his climb to the belt, Usman's a completely different guy now. He's got the same wrestling that he always had, but now he's got stand-up to go with it. He's got a lot of power in those hands, and I just think that he's going to overwhelm Leon. I don't think that Leon has evolved enough, and I just think that I think Usman's going to win by TKO in round three. That's my lock of the card. So Craig's on the Rocky train. Kenny's on the Usman train. So this is how I see it, man. I, there's just something to me when a fighter – is just continuing to get disrespected. I mean, Usman has not even paid attention to Rocky, I don't feel like at all. He's talking about moving to 205, not even fighting 185. Hey, I'm going to jump two weight classes. He's talking about fighting Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Canelo. He's talking about fighting everybody else besides Rocky. Um, and I think that has just been straight disrespect towards Rocky. And I think he's overlooking him. And Oh, I'm kind of on the train of Rocky as far as I think Usman is getting a little bit uh, too big for his head. Uh, too, you know, Hollywood, as they say, not wearing the shirts, trying to be flashy. Uh, this is a different mentality of Usman. We we haven't really seen. He's getting too big, uh, you know, and I, I almost like a Conor McGregor type as far as like waking up in the satin sheets. It's hard to wake up. And go to work when you're waking up in satin sheets every day, as Marvelous Hagger once said, or something on the lines of that. So, boys, I'm all in on yo, Rocky Edwards, and the new as my dog of the week, baby. So, just to, to recap here for everybody watching, we make the picks. You get one point for making your pick right. Uh, then you get another, you get two points for a dog and two points for the lock. So, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to run down my picks real quick, and then I'll give you guys make uh, make your picks real quick again. So I got Tyson Pedro. I'm on the Lucy Lucy Island myself. I'm on the Marab as my lock of the lock of the card. I'm on Pablo, and I'm on Rocky as my dog of the week. Can you go ahead and give you a quick rundown of the picks for anybody uh, who missed it? Yep, you're still muted there. <laughs> Act like a professional, boys. I got Pedro in the first fight. I got Wu in the second fight. I got Aldo, my dog of the week, in the third fight. I got Paulo Costa by decision in the fourth fight. And I got Usman, lock of the week, in main event. All right, Craig. That's the champ, man. All right, I've got uh, Pedro in the opener. Um, I've got Wu winning the second fight. I've got Aldo um, over Marab. I've got Costa as my lock of the week, and I'm taking uh, Leon Rocky Edwards as my dog of the week. And another another point, kind of like you alluded to in that fight, man, like Rocky's just been – he's been having to endure the grind and be disrespected by Usman is, like you said, and like he has said, Mr. Shirtless Hollywood, planning all these things. This fight has got a sneaky little bit – of Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunez to me, where Amanda Nunez is the better fighter. She was the better fighter in, in fight one, but Juliana Pena had been licking her chops, looking for that fight for four or five years. And I feel like uh, Rocky Edwards is kind of in that boat where he's been licking his chops. Just give me who you got to give me so I can get to Usman. Give me who you got to give me. I'll go through everybody I need to get to. I'll climb the ladder. Give me to Usman. And uh, kind of like Botkin said, Usman's just sitting, standing up there looking, looking at all these other big, Big fish in the sea, and he don't see, uh, you know, Rocky Edwards coming up uh, right up to the ship. So, I mean, I, th I think it's got a – there's a sneaky upset feel here. Um, if there was a better dog, I didn't want to take Aldo as my dog because I felt like that fight was was a pretty close. Um, 
if there was a better dog for me to take in my picks, I probably would be going with Usman because at the end of the day, I do think Usman is the better fighter. But this fight has got a little bit of sneaky upset um, on it because I really do think that, that Leon's kind of got that Juliana Pena feel with uh, with the Amanda Nunez fight kind of kind of going on here. I'm with you. I'm on. I'm on the same train. I had that same feeling, and that was, uh, you know, great point, Craig. That's. I, I have that Juliana Pena Nunez feel to it, where she's just so Rocky's been so focused on Usman uh, for the last three years that you know now he finally has his opportunity. And now, I mean, Kenny could, you know, it could be Kenny could be right, and he could get his lights put out quick. But I just think that you know it's it's going to be the upset. I think here. So, boys, uh, you guys got any last final thoughts here on this card before we wrap up? Kenny, you got any last final thoughts? No, I appreciate getting that bill back tomorrow. Craig? Uh, not, not really, man. My only thoughts on this card is that, uh, I mean, the matchmakers could do better. Even with the fights that we have here, like I said earlier, man, I, the, uh, the Romanov-Tibura final prelim fight, should be on the pay-per-view card before that before the woo and Pudalova fight in my personal opinion and i think um i mean when you're going to schedule these things I'm, i think the aldo fight should be the co-main um i still think paulo costa coming off of two straight losses and luke rockhold not winning a fight in five years making that a pay-per-view co-main event i just I, I think there's better things that could be had um but at the end of the day like i'm still going to watch the fight so i'm gonna be on the post show tomorrow Hopefully hanging on to this belt. So uh, um, we'll see. So we, before we leave here, we got another comment from Bingus Bogus here. Uh, he said Usman's hard to put out. Yeah, Usman is hard to put out. I, I'm, I think if Rocky wins, it's going to be by decision. Uh, just as hard to put out too. Just as most of his decisions, are, his wins are, I think it's going to be decision. I think he's going to point him. I think because of his long reach, he can keep Usman hopefully at bay. And uh, I think he'll point him. And I, I've i read and uh, heard that it's like plus 1,000 by Rocky by decision. So uh, if you're looking for a tasty treat on the old gambling side, uh, put a little bit of, uh, you know, Rocky plus 1,000 there for decision. So we will have our uh, ESPN pick them. I'm going to put that out on my socials, our socials. I'm going to make the group right now as soon as we get done. We'll make our picks, have all our picks in there. Uh Play along. If you beat us in the ESPN Pick'em, we'll give you a shout-out on tomorrow's show. We'll be back here tomorrow at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time Zone for our Head Kicks and Haymakers uh, post-show, wrapping everything up, uh, breaking down all the fights that was. I'll be back uh, here in a few hours on Let's Talk Sports uh, with Dan Harris and my guy Tanner on Buffoon and Bodkin, of Buffoon and Bodkins as well. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, folks. Kenny, go ahead and hit that outro, baby. We'll catch you all later.